So this morning's uh, Dharma talk is about personality. And uh, I was just getting ready to send a text to uh, Junchu with another title. And then, uh, and then we have uh, a student, uh, part of our Sangha, a student of mine uh, called, uh, by the name of Sanho. Uh, which means, what does that mean, Mountain Phoenix? I think so. Good name for him. Uh, asked about personality and had several questions, uh, parts to the question. I don't know if I can remember them all, but one was if you're, um, what happens here when you're, when you're, there's some talk that when you meditate that uh, your personality eventually fades away or washes out or something like that. And so, there's a couple other things about making friends with yourself. How can you make friends with yourself if you don't exist? And he gets pretty technical. I think he's studying law, so in uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. So anyway, I'll give him a pass. He has a lot of insight. That's a uh, no pun intended there. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Personality could become even more intense. Maybe, maybe not. It might, it might go, might slow down and be less uh, uh, articulated or less uh, prominent. Uh, the again, you don't get rid of dependent origination just because you've uh, realized or you're awakened or you're you're moving in that direction. You're you're a, a, a first bhumi bodhisattva or something like that have realized uh, no self. <clears throat> what seems to happen is that, uh, and it could happen in lots of different ways, but that the, the force behind the personality, that w the motivation behind it that used to be self-centered, uh, self-aggrandizing, and wanting to get something for yourself, anything from out-and-out -out greed to a very subtle kind of... Uh, uh, Try not to look like you're greedy, but actually that's your motivation. So personality has an interesting way of working that way. The, my, both of my uh, teachers, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche and Kobanchina Roshi, uh, had very, very strong personalities. Um, I, would, I don't know who's the strongest. I'm not so much talking about that, but I can describe it this way, that uh, Trungpa Rinpoche was, uh, almost seemed like a uh, someone who was uh, who was full of himself, or was uh, more, say, self-centered or egotistical, or something like that, in a way. <clears throat> but I found by studying under him for a short time, who didn't live a long time, that his motive his motivation was about helping people. And when the motivation is there, then uh, whatever whatever works, you will use that. But it's. Uh, uh, or you'll be used by that motivation called the bodhisattva vow, technically called bodhicitta, or the, the mind of awakening. So uh, Trungpa Rinpoche was a powerful teacher. He's been called a mahasiddha, or a great being, by lots of people. Coben <clears throat> uh, uh, was uh, more subtle, uh, and... Uh, uh, the the metaphors I'd use for Coben is if is if you were just around him, it was like being around a feather. He was very feather-like. But then that uh, it, depending on how you were functioning in relationship to him, my functioning uh, when I uh, asked him to uh, asked to be his student, that feather turned into a sword, and it never stopped. I never saw him turn back into a feather again. <clears throat> Would you call that personality? Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I didn't sense there was anyone behind that. And if there was something behind that, it was not particularly uh, uh, articulating itself by way of wanting something else or wanting somebody to do this or that or the other thing. Other thing. <clears throat> So a personality might, uh, personality is just a dependent origination. It's just that you're no longer getting in the way of your karma by, uh, out of uh, fear or out of hope or out of some kind of uh, uh, belief or some kind of uh, uh, feeling that there's somebody here that is having these experiences of uh, difficulty or, or 
success or any kind of experiences. There's no one who experiences it. There's still the experience. It's the experience, but the experience could be someone sitting next to you. When this, if this kind of thing happens with someone who has no training, if it just they just spontaneously awaken, they could be in big trouble. Because this kind of spaciousness coming into an untrained uh, mind, sensorium, uh, consciousness, could be devastating. Because the ego doesn't go anywhere. It's not real. Is that a good way to express that? Did I use too much personality? Hmm. Do I have too much? Am I too expressive? To this, to that. This is a. These are the concerns of ego. Buddha nature doesn't really, uh, to put it bluntly, doesn't give a shit about any situation in and of itself. It's totally concerned with everything at once. This is a relative way of saying there isn't anything it's not concerned with. Even the things that are hidden around the corner uh, under a rock, behind a spider. It might be more concerned about what's standing just behind the spider than it is about your hopes and fears and your complaints about your life, about your feelings. I sometimes say, when people, I hear people talk about their difficulty or their complaints, I, I sometimes say, I don't think they get what I'm saying here. How do you think I feel? Nothing has changed over here. If you're looking for something else, you're going to suffer because you'll constantly have that constant struggle between what's how you're feeling and how you'd like to feel. It's a, you know, I want to use all kinds of expletives here because that's what usually comes up when you're in a, in a, what, it's kind of a, you're in a pinch and, and it, the thing is, it doesn't go away. It's, it hurts, and it's there, and it's, it's called suffering. Life is suffering. The cause is wanting things to be different. The goal is cessation, and the path is sit down and look at it. Look, look at it. What is it rather than why is it? Why is why will lead you this way and that way? <clears throat> and so I think the other question that uh, Sanho had was... Uh, uh, or how can you be genuine, or maybe, or how can you be yourself if there isn't one? So, if he was here, I'd hit him. Uh, so there, there isn't one in the sense there, there isn't a self in the way you impute or the way you think there is. That that part of your being that kind of gets fluffed up if someone compliments you or feels uh, pushed down if someone criticizes you, even if they're correct, still there's someone, even if they're joking. Still, uh, we feel that because it's uh, uh, just like we believe. Uh, this is why we believe. Uh, watch a drama on television or at the movies or something, and we we kind of believe it. We know, it, but we don't. It's that kind of a thing. We it's true because it's happening, but it's not true because it's a, you know Shakespeare or it's uh, Game of Thrones. For some people, it's so intense their 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 tendency to have their imagination triggered and have it resonate with whatever's happening in front of them is so powerful that they can't watch a horror movie because it's too horrible. It's too, it's, it scares, it's too scary. Even though you're, you can tell yourself it's not real. I, I watch them, I'm pretty brave. And, and I'm pretty brave and I, the way I do that is that I kind of hide my face a little bit. It gets really bad. Or I think, hmm, popcorn. <laughs> so it's not about not feeling it's about is there someone who's some isolated guy or girl or person who is having this feeling that's that's the difficulty and uh, we can talk about the concept of no self all day long and, it'll, and we still get mixed up when it comes to that because what is uh, what what is it if you see that there isn't anyone what, what is that? It's very difficult to describe that. Uh, the only thing we can do is continue to teach in that way and encourage people to see it for themselves. So personality is uh, uh, it's discontinuous. The person, the one who is trying to maintain a certain kind of image is going to have some struggles and they're going to be concerned about what people think about what they're thinking about what they're thinking. They're going to be concerned about how they look, how they appear uh, and be 
be super concerned about anybody's opinion or idea or about them. And this shows up in so many different ways because it's, it's made up of so many but moving parts, so many different, it's discontinuous. It doesn't have a, a source for any of that. So that, maybe that's why it's, it's so uh, uh, convincing. It, it's so, it looks so real. And if there's pain, isn't there somebody who's in pain? Nope, there's not. Why would that be liberating? Why would that be, why would that be liberating? That's a why question. And you could go from there to what is liberation? What is it? When you say why, you already have an idea what it is. You're already imputing. Uh, and when it doesn't go there, it goes somewhere else. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, you can just uh, leave the whole thing or, or distract yourself into something else. But when you say, what is that? What is liberation? What is suffering? Find out. It's not about believing this or disbelieving. So a person's, to go back to the personality, a person's personality, they're, I don't know how that, you know, they're, uh, maybe they're cheerful all the time, or they're sad, or they're, uh, or they're you know, have all, I mean, all different kinds of things. It's, it's not coming to me all the different ways that could show up. Someone who's always joking, someone who's, uh, who's always, uh, you know, uh, trying to be in moral support. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> so those things change, and they they and the personality. Uh, to, uh, although the the idea might be, well, if you, the more you became dispassionate, and the more you became more, you know, see that you're some kind of idea of Buddha nature. Buddha nature actually is just the, just a thimble. It's very simple. It's completely simple and it's completely profound at the same time. It's not two. I'd like questions about, about this to be able to go deeper into this. Yes. I was wondering about when you say that nothing has changed, maybe around a particular emotion. Um, and if I were to use the example of pride, it seems that if I continue to have the same relationship pride that there's no way that that wouldn't get in the way of helping. So I'm wondering, um, how does nothing change? How does, how does nothing change? Okay, so good question. So the pride that uh, um, this, this might be uh, difficult for you. Others will probably catch on to this, but you might have difficulty. So the pride is there. But to people who are really manifesting pride, and we see their pride, and it's more obvious, they don't know their, they don't know that's pride. They, they, they wouldn't call that, they might a little bit, but they, they don't know that's pride. But it's pride. And then you, uh, as you go along, when you eventually realize what that is, then you realize that, that that's always been the case. You've always been that way. You just, you just ignored it and ignored it and ignored it and ignored it. So you've always been the Buddha. When you awaken to that, you're no longer at odds with anything. You're no longer concerned about whether you look prideful or not. So it's not exactly pride. But when you say nothing has changed, I'm saying there's no, the consciousness itself is, is, is finally, uh, uh, it's finally home. That, you know, after all that, going here, going and fighting with this and fighting with that and worrying about this and worrying about that, it's the same person, nothing's changed. More. Where does the functioning um, arise from at that point? Out of everything. If you see that you're not separate, then you know your hands can move, but you don't know who these hands they are. And you're not concerned about it. So no, the paranoia is totally gone. You can only have paranoia if something's hidden. So it's totally gone. So the functioning happens out of... Uh, uh, situations, whatever that's happening in the situation, then you respond to it. And that respond may not be obvious. It doesn't mean that something happens and you react. I don't use the word react. 
If you ever hear me use the word react, you can come up and, well, no, but, I don't know. <laughs> well, you see what I mean. React is like something happens and I react. So there's kind of a validation of your emotional impulse to do something about it. And I would say uh, respond comes from uh, the extension of that would be responsibility. The ability to respond would mean that whatever occurs, your response may be to do nothing at all, but just just be aware of what's happening. You, you may not do anything about it. Someone watching you may may think you're ignoring it, but you would be you would be not separate from what's happening. Go ahead. What is paranoia cover up? Yeah, paranoia, uh, uh, afraid that of something or something's going to happen. Uh, it's covering up the 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 uh, the um, sensitivity of the self-centeredness. It's covering up that the uh, ego's not real, and 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 ego. Uh, you can say ego knows that it's uh, in, in trouble because it's especially if you start coming in here, it knows it's going to be inspected. And so it tries to find ways to, to be the one who gets enlightened. So that para, that paranoia can, uh, people can come and talk to me as a student and sometimes the paranoia gets the best of them and they'll turn any kind of thing they can into a reason to leave and get out of here. That hasn't happened much, but a few times. And usually they have a really good, you know, I said this, I did this, I did that. And the way I know that they're operating out of their paranoia rather than out of something being an issue is they won't discuss it with me. They want to keep their conclusion. Some of you who have lived here a long time know exactly what I'm talking about. They, they like that conclusion. Yeah, I'm not going to talk to anybody about this. I'm just going to have my conclusion. And then I can talk to other people about it. You know, it's called gossip. We'll talk to other people about what happened at Sokokoji. Using Jason's question, I'm wondering, does anything get in the way of helping people? Yeah, the main thing that gets in, in the way of helping people is you think there are other people that need your help. Keep coming. That's not clear. Is there such thing as a bad trait? Yeah. I don't know what it is. One that you're not aware of. You don't have to get rid of anything. Don't get rid of your problems, your neurosis, your craziness, your insanity, your bad feelings. You know, you're not going to be able to help others if you get rid of all of your problems. Because you're going to need those so that you understand what it means to be a living being and have issues with this or that or this or that. Somebody comes to you and said, this is happening, that's happening. If you, you know, you've been there, or you had your version of what's happening with them, so you're able to be with them, support them. What's a fancy word for that? Ah, love. Yeah, that's what it is. That kind of love is not, it has no grasping. There's no requirement. There's, there's no, no fee charged. If there's a fee charged, not love. If there's some kind of return expected, not love. Yes? Does that love feel flat? <clears throat> you mean to the person who's being loved? Trick question. <laughs> um, you know, it could, but probably there isn't any particular feeling there. Because you, you're, you're, it's totally about, you're totally giving. So the, the flatness would, would be more about you're trying to love and it doesn't feel like love, and so therefore it's kind of flat, and you, you go from bright red to beige. The intention is bright red, but the, what you're doing feels beige or empty. And that's because you don't know who you are. I'm not accusing you of anything, but I'm saying you have to know. If you don't know who you are, anything that you do is going to be, it's going to be mixed with uh, um, your misunderstanding. And, and, and if you do it in a way that is about trying to be someone who loves people or be someone who is compassionate. This is why I don't teach uh, um, Tonglen. I'm not against it. Practice Tonglen. Do a lot of it.
do hundreds of hours of it. So it's up to you. Find a teacher to help you with it. But I don't teach it because I want people to find out who they are. And then uh, Tongan is uh, somewhat beside the point. And I'm not an argument arguing with Shanti Deva. If I know him, I'm sure we'd be friends. Maybe. <laughs> good question. Very good question. I can't give a what you would call a good talk unless I have really good questions. Michael, 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 <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Is there a difference between watching your discursive thoughts and hiding conclusions? Well, if you're watching it, the conclusion, uh, if you're just observing, just observing. If you're doing anything with the, what is appearing as being observed, if something arises, you're doing anything with it. You have dependent origination. You have uh, uh, um, something arises, and then we do something with it. Don't do anything with it. If it just arises, you know it arises, that's enough. Don't add, subtract, divide, don't do anything with it. Go ahead. Can you give an example of doing something like this? Uh, yeah. Something arises like uh, a, a difficult feeling. I shouldn't feel this way. Another one is uh, a little bit more sneaky is, <clears throat> why do I feel like this more than once? Why do I feel like this once is fine. And something may come back, it may not. But if you badger yourself with why, you're filling up the very space. Uh, you're, you're using the, the very energy of awareness to fill up uh, that space with why, because you don't really want to know. Go ahead. If those sort of thoughts don't come up and a credential is added, um, does that stop you from seeing something? Well, if you see that it's a credential, then probably not. It's always about awareness. It's never about being somebody else. You actually get to be who you are with your personality. It's just the personality isn't isn't loosed upon the world as some kind of uh, I gotta be me kind of thing like some people do. Well, isn't there a song? I gotta be me. Gotta be me. I really love that song. Yes. It seems like questions like that that come up, like why am I feeling this way? Um, they could either be in the forefront or they could be yes somewhere behind is. Could it just be hidden behind the wall somewhere? Well, it could just not have the priority. You might be, you might be, if you're sitting, holding still and sitting, you probably have a lot of just natural priority by holding the body still. Then what arises, I'm not saying you can't sit here and daydream and kind of bitch to yourself about everything. You can. We all know that if you meditate. But also there's a just, just being with the sense fields, not selecting a sense field to try to artificially make yourself into a, a really aware person, a really good meditator. That's misunderstanding. It's all over the place. Just whatever's happening, watch that. If it stops happening, watch it leave. Don't chase it down with any any whys or what's or where did it go. Don't do nothing with it. Be helpless. Be homeless. Be reference pointless. And how do you do that? You see all the reference points you keep hanging on to try to manufacture some kind of somebody who's winning, somebody who's losing. Painful. So when something comes out of nowhere, like uh, what I mean, if it's if, if, if smoke is coming out of the the floor register, you know, rather than just looking at it and say I just got to practice my awareness, you probably should go down and see if the furnace is on fire. I'm not saying you shouldn't see what's wrong. Like uh, something is wrong with you physically, you shouldn't go to the doctor or go to your Healthcare provider, or talk to your acupuncturist or somebody, and find you know see what's going on. But if it's if you're sitting and it's something that's coming out of out of the dark or out, and you you don't and it's uh, it's emotional and it's got you somehow and yet there's no real uh, thought balloons around it. There's no story around it. It just feels bad. Just feel that. I, I couldn't ask you to do that if I hadn't done it couldn't ask you to do that if I, if I hadn't had some experience of that myself. Don't correct. Just observe. Sanho has a question. Good. Uh, it's uh, two-pointed. He asks, first of all, is sarcasm a lack of awareness? Okay, so... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a... If someone is being sarcastic, or if you think that 
you're going to deliberately be sarcastic. Deliberate sarcasm has quite a bit of uh, aggression in it. Uh, it would depend on the causes and conditions that are arising. It would depend on you, on the person that you're with. Uh, you, you know, you can be sarcastic quite a bit, but not it's not with the intention of, of hurting anyone or, or, or getting one up on somebody, being the person who is smarter. Uh, if it appears that way to you, to you then uh, you should let me know about that. That would, that would be fun. Let me know that I'm sarcastic. I'm hurting your feelings. <laughs> Usually people, if they think that, they leave. They, they don't want to really talk to me about it. It takes a lot of guts to think that there's something wrong with the, the old teacher and come in and actually sit down and talk to me about that. Much easier to say, well, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Or just not do this at all. Don't do this unless you have to. And if you do do it, then go all the way. Attain, attain uh, enlightenment. Start now. Don't stop. No matter how many lifetimes it takes. There, the time, there is no time. It's just an illusion. A really strong one. I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> and then his second part. Um, what about intentionally using humor to redirect energy? <clears throat> I would leave energy alone. Uh, the way, uh, Sanho, the way you're talking about that, it just sounds like you're abstracting the situation so uh, out of some kind of uh, motivation to control something. And I'm not saying just somebody else, but even yourself to control yourself. Stop it. Better, better to spend your time just watching the energy come. Watching, see, find out what energy actually is instead of taking something you, you haven't even looked at and redirecting it. Now you might say, Sanho or anybody else might say, well, I know what energy is. You know, I know, I know about fire, wind. Maybe not. So look at it and it may, you may not need to do anything with it at all. Uh, humor, sarcasm, uh, I just don't plan. It's not necessary to plan. If you need to plan, you won't be able to help it. You'll have to plan something. Uh, I'm working on some projects right now where I, I have to plan because I, I, there's no way I can just do this, uh, pull this out of my what ear. I can't just uh, ah, I didn't even have to plan, and there it is. And and this uh, the Sanho sent me this uh, question and had three different. You know, well, it's going to be an attorney. He sent me three different parts, and of course, and I, and I thought, well, you know, that's good. I'm, you know, I, I like topics, so I don't know what to talk about. So I, I wrote them on a note card. Of course, I didn't bring it in, uh, and then and I couldn't find it. Let's say, so, and then, and then I don't remember. So he's kind of reminding <coughs> me. He hasn't. There's these are new ones actually, but he hasn't really talked too much about the last one because I don't remember what it is. But I know there's one that he hasn't mentioned. How's that feel to be talked about in third person? So uh, I would say it's it's always about the awareness around the situation, not about manipulating or doing something. Uh, in sarcasm, sometimes sarcasm comes up. Um, usually, it's some kind of aggression around that. Uh, you can also do sarcasm that ha that is uh, that is um, more having fun. Be sarcastic and, and having fun, and the person that you're is on the receiving end of the sarcasm already has a relationship with you that is based on, on strong respect and consideration. Then you can do sarcasm all the time. And it's, it's because it's, you know, it's more like playing. Yes. Uh, he has another question. Good. Um, you said earlier that people don't need help. Why don't they need help? <laughs> Has he passed the bar yet? <laughs> um, what I'm saying when, uh, I didn't say it exactly like that, but I'll, I'll respond to the question the way you phrased it. I would say that there, we, we really need to see who people are so that we see the uh, one of the very best ways, and, this, and don't hold me to this because I'll change. The, one of the very best ways to help people is to pay attention to them. Receive what they're saying. Listen very closely to what they're saying. Not with the idea of retaliating or correcting them, but listen very close. Make sure you're receiving 
Make sure you're receiving. Give them your attention. And then, in, because then you're actually starting to feel like they feel. And if you're, then when you start to feel, uh, I'm not just talking about sympathy, you start to have that kind of a feeling. Then uh, you may see something about that that they don't. You know, then there may be some dynamic uh, that, but as far as being a person over there who needs help, you know, there's the relative thing like, uh, you know, someone has broken their arm, they need someone to fix that. So we're not saying that, we're not talking about those kind of things, but the, the kind of help that was being worked with here is working with consciousness and how that manifests as uh, uh, problems with thinking, emotions, uh, uh, anxiety, and all of those so people don't need, they don't need to be fixed. That's what I'm saying. We, the whole uh, modern uh, materialistic medicine is about looking at somebody, somebody feels bad, let's, let's fix that. Let's put, uh, what, the terrible thing that's going on now is the whole opioid thing. And I, I had to take some of those when I was uh, having some difficulty with pain. doesn't seem too good. Um, there's something about taking pain and, and covering that up, uh, there's something about it that uh, it's kind of suspicious. But not that we shouldn't take aspirin for a headache or something about it. I think it needs to be looked at. But people need help. But it's it's uh, the the issue is our our projection. Our we have to really look and see who the person is rather than look at our idea about the person. And and because that that person does not need help. The person that's actually there may need help, but the kind of help you give that person, the most valuable thing you can do, probably is just to be with them. Talk to anybody who's been a counselor for any number of decades, and you'll find out, uh, uh, somebody I can practically quote them. Yeah, I just, just listen to them. Just listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I showed this on Friday. I was just curious your thoughts. Um, when we experience specific forms of suffering for long periods of time, like for example, for me, addiction. Is it just the practice of meditation and awareness that helps alleviate that over time? Or is there certain ways I start to start thinking about it that helps? Or is it just the practice itself? What, how does that work? Exactly? So it's, uh, there's, there's no one, like, this is what happens. Uh, uh, I, I can say that if you don't practice meditation, the chances of continuing to go in that cycle are pretty strong. Um, your particular karma uh, may pull you out of that. There may be something happening there that you don't even know about that none of us, that none of us could predict that would pull you out of that. It could be meeting a particular person. It seems to be a little bit of each, a little bit of thinking about it, a little bit of uh, analyzing it, a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of uh, all the various uh, tools that are available. Uh, probably less medication would be good. Uh, and yeah, you know, just uh, uh, but the awareness uh, seems to, over time, from doing, uh, from training the mind and sharpening the, the observer part of the mind, which seems to have that kind of a quality to it that's usually stuffed, we'd rather think about it than, than be aware of it. So what happens over time is, and this is a, a metaphor I usually use, here's, here's the, the uh, uh, thinking processes out here, usually solving anything, dealing with everything, judging, evaluating, condemning ourselves. I shouldn't have done this. I should have. Next time I'm going to do this. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, it's a spiral pop propaganda. It, it, and it looks new every time, but it's not. It's not new. Yeah. When it comes around, don't fight with that. Don't fight with the propaganda. Just be aware of it. And that's hard to do because the ego mind wants the illusion. It doesn't really want control. But wants the illusion of control. And how do you how do you get the illusion of control? You uh, shut down on the awareness and you crank up the concepts. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It shouldn't happen. It should happen. It's because of them. It's because of this. Because of that. And we build a whole uh, a three ring circus of concepts around that very thing that we need to be aware of. And the fundamental thing that you're you I'm not saying you're going to find this, but the fundamental thing that is the issue or the problem. I don't care if it's addiction, if it's addiction to life, to addiction to anything that you have to have. Uh, it is uh, the illusion that there is someone who's addicted. And, if, and if, so I would say it, it has to be done with awareness. And you may need concepts. 
you personally may need to, to become a Buddhist, may need to move into this monastery. You may need to not do that at all. Right and wrong is a misunderstanding. You may need to go back and, and do something that you thought of uh, three years ago that, you know, you could go back and try that. Maybe that was a good approach. You know, there's all kinds of therapies, uh, cognitive behavioral uh, work, and there's moral inventory, and, you know, there's just uh, lots of things that you can use uh, that may help you uh, uh, pull back away from the from that addiction. Uh, I have a, a lot of talks on it, addiction awareness meditation, so I don't know if those are available to people. No, but there'll be a book soon. There'll be a book, yeah. Okay, good. Yes? Joseph. There's a three-hearing circus schedule next weekend in Cal Arena. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, let me know how it is. Um, I was uh, wondering uh, about awareness. It seems, I, I noticed that even in this question, it seems like I'm grasping at credential. So when I'm, when I'm aware, I'm like, well, I'm not really aware. I am, or I'm, I'm lots of different layers of that. So how do you, what is awareness? And how you say, okay, I am aware, or I'm practicing awareness. I can help you. You ready? If you think you're aware, you're not. You're thinking. Awareness doesn't think. You actually can, you can be here without having any thoughts. But if you try to stop them, you're starting a war. When you see the nature of thoughts, then they, the thoughts only come up when they need to come up. They, they come up and you use the thought in relationship to the whole dynamic that you're involved with. With someone else, uh, you're at a three-ring circus. You're going to uh, get your car repaired. You're talking to your friend. You're talking to your mate. You're talking to your children. And the thoughts come up relative to what is happening. And so, But if you try to stop thinking and just be aware... Uh, then uh, you start to create all kinds of tension. So I, I don't say, don't think. I mean, I might say that to an individual if I think they would get what I'm saying. Someone that's looked at, th at thoughts over and over and over again through meditation practice for long periods of time has a better idea of what thoughts are. They might not be able to describe them, but they're more aware when the thoughts are taking over and when the thoughts are not taking over. And when the thoughts are not taking over, it's not necessarily awareness. I wouldn't call it anything. I mean, I have to, have to teach somehow, so I say awareness. But if you're just being aware, then you won't know. That you get, you're not going to get a credential for something like that. Juju. There's a question from Uju from Kiki. Who? Kiki. K-I-K-I. -K -I. If heard you say if someone is being aggressive to me, that I should recognize that as their suffering. How can I recognize this, especially when the other person does not recognize my suffering? Um, so not knowing uh, uh, you, Kiki, it's, it's difficult for me to say, give you some kind of suggestion. My suggestion that I would give to everyone, you too, would be to train your mind. Spend a lot of time sitting down, holding still, and watching the movement of the mind. Get to know yourself on a fundamental level in that way. Uh, you, you, I think it's, uh, even though I say, well, when you see someone who is uh, giving you a hard time, if you see it clearly, you'll see that, that you see where they're coming from. You can see that they're coming out of a, a deep uh, uh, anxiety or fear, and the only, only way know, they know how to get out of the fear is just to be aggressive, be sarcastic, or be or blame you or call you to, to task. So we, we see this all the time. It's all over television. It's all over. It's in plays. It's in dramas. It's everywhere. So the even though I'm saying that, I'm not really expecting you to uh, uh, you or Kiki or anyone else to just accomplish that as an accomplishment. I'm saying that's just a place to start. You could consider that. You could say when you see aggression coming your way, you could look at it and see without if you do anything with it. If you even if you call it aggression or if you blame the person, you start to cover up. You start to load up your awareness with uh, lots of uh, uh, guesswork around the whole thing. Uh, so uh, I said a lot. Um, and it would really depend on what your, the, 
you know, if this is your mate or if this is your girlfriend, boyfriend or, or boss or coworker, or if you're, you have to see this person all the time, the way I would talk to somebody who, uh, when we teach in prisons, uh, the way I would talk to a prisoner that brought that to me, I would say, get away from the person. Don't, don't be a, don't use that person to train on, uh, train, train on somebody that's, you know, don't work with somebody else. Don't, don't stay around that. Be, don't, uh, don't make things difficult for yourself. You know, like trying to pound nails with a blindfold on. You know, you're going to hit your fingers. Probably not the nail. So, uh, what, what is this phrase? Pick your battles. That kind of thing. Um, work work with someone else uh, that that, that w- where it's a little easier to see the 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 aggression or the criticism that's coming your way or the negativity. It's a little easier to see that this person's really uncomfortable and this is why they're cranking us up. Uh, and this is why we have to respect people's confusion. You know, it's hard to do that with others unless you respect your own confusion. If you're trying to fix yourself, you, it's gonna, if it's going to turn right around the first chance you get, you're going to fix somebody else. Now, you might not fix them, but you will, you'll blame them. You know, you'll not accusing you of anything, but uh, haven't made friends with this, you're going to have a lot of enemies, and the, and the enemies will be projections. That even the person you're just chasing you with a knife is still a projection. The club is okay. Knives, bad. Sorry, bad joke. Wasn't sarcastic though. Yes, Michael. Is the effort of trying to fix someone just another form of conflict? Yeah. Uh, mind your own business. I'm not saying that if the person reaches out to you and says. I can't, you know, this is happening, that's happening, then listen to them, give them attention. Uh, use your, uh, you don't have to convince them that you're such a wonderful person, but uh, be with them. I'm not just saying, uh, if you're not with them, your body language will tell them that you're, you're not really there, that you're just putting on. You have to really listen, listen to their words, listen to the space between the words. Listen to the, when their voice goes up or down. Don't miss anything. If they, if they, if they shift their position, when they, make a point. Notice it. Don't analyze it. I'll say that again. Don't analyze it. <laughs> and why do I say that? Because this is what analysis looks like. And I'm not against analysis. There's sometimes when you have to use analysis. Situational. It's situational. Uh, it's, the situation may require that that's what you do and you won't be able to help it. But when you when you take something you don't understand and you start applying analysis to it before you've even received what's in front of you, then you're analyzing your concepts about the situation. You know, you're actually, you're, lo- you're, you're looking and analyzing a recipe that you've never actually baked that cheesecake and you're, you're deciding how it's going to taste. But, well, this isn't going to work because of this ingredient or the, the oven's too hot or something. And, you know, they're analyzing it. Not that you couldn't have some success that way, but that's kind of a, a cut and dried uh, cheesecake recipe. What I'm talking about is actually looking at the person. The very best thing you can do for someone who's having difficulty is give them your, your attention. And if you feel like that's too difficult to do, then keep it to a minimum. Give them your attention for three minutes and then get out of there. But when you're there, then give them totally your attention and then say, whoops, got to get going. And get out of there if you feel like you're going to load up with them with a bunch of advice. Don't give advice. Easier for me to say, sitting up here, giving everybody <laughs> advice. You're giving me permission. That's why I can give, give my uh, spiel. Go ahead, sir. What is it? How do you handle if someone's demanding attention all the time? Is this your wife? Of course. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, just keep it, keep it, a, I mean, meet, meet, meet her where she's at as much as you can, but then don't drive yourself cuckoo with it. You know, go get some separation in there. Your, your, your karma is to be with her, so, you know, not to, not to write the whole thing off. You're there, so I would just say don't, don't. Don't fret too much about the situation as far as you're not doing enough to help her. Out. You know, I know you pretty well, known you for years. I'm sure you're doing all you can to help her. You know, I, when I say that, I'm not. It's not a compliment. I'm just saying, you're you're very unlikely to to just write somebody off. It's not going to happen. But also, I can see you getting flustered by that. 
what she's doing, her her complaint, and I, and I don't know. I'm not I'm not uh, coming at this from the point of view of uh, some kind of psychological uh, analysis. I'm just saying that probably this is a way by having you there and having you receive the complaint or receive. You know, this is her way of getting of easing it. Probably she has less suffering because you're receiving her complaints and her. And you could just you could make it a point to just really do that for short periods of time, and and you know. Uh, People have heard me say this before. You have to understand how I say this. Uh, when you say, I've got to go, you might think you're lying. And in a sense, you are. But you're do it's a big picture situation you're dealing with. And you're dealing with someone who cannot handle the truth. So, you you know, you might have to say, i gotta, I got I to gotta do this, i got to do that. i got to run to the store, I've got to whatever. And so that you don't get overloaded on it. So that when you are with her... You're able to just receive what's happening and ask questions. Say, how does that feel? How does that feel? Do you feel that? You know, maybe she's complaining about a particular feeling she's having. And I don't know what it is. I'm just being inventive. You're creative. I'm saying, ask her to, uh, you know, there's ways. And this is not trickery. This is being with someone. But you can ask him, ask her if she, if she's, does she express a, tell me a, a particular feeling or emotion that, that she might be having. And, and apologize. I doubt she's watching, but I apologize to her for I'm sure she's not watching. Yeah, I'm sure too. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, right now, it, it's it seems to me that it has to do with conflict. Okay. And right now, it's a conflict with our son. Okay. And so there's now they get another person involved, who uh, also is dealing with his own conflict. Yeah. So what what would you say the basic complaint that she's having is? What's her basic discomfort? He's all about himself. Oh, so her problem is him. Yeah, okay. So one of the ways you can, and don't, I'm not, not here to write a book on this, so don't, uh, I'm talking to Michael and his situation, so this may not work for you at all, so I'm not teaching methods here. Give her, when she asks you, uh, listen to what she's saying, and then ask her if, if she experiences that in any part of her body. See what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you're you're very subtly disconnecting her from the thought pattern by moving her awareness with her permission. It's a soft question. Just I'm just curious. You you know I know you're I know this is really keep, get, giving you a lot of trouble, worrying and fretting about. Uh, uh, I can't remember your son's name, but fretting about that. But do you do you actually feel this? And, and she might say no. No, she does. Would she say no? No, she says she feels it. Where at? So you've already asked her this question. Yes. Okay. She feels it all over physically. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, and so you have to you have to help her localize it. Move the what you're doing is you're you're helping her move her awareness around. So you're you're getting her. She'll try to do it with a thought process, but it's pretty hard to think about your kneecap. Yeah, I mean, you can for a minute, but eventually it's just how the knee feels or how your back feels or how your neck feels. So this is a, this is a way that you can help her slowly and uh, move her thinking process into her feelings. And that, that'll soften things up a little bit. But don't look for results. It, it, listen to me. Don't look for results. She may never get better. But we're not talking about her. We're talking about you. <laughs> you 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 are not you're not separate from her. We're not separate from anyone. But but how do we help others? Work on who you work find out who you are. Go ahead. One more. To me, it seems that, that where my problem is is when I begin to come in conflict myself with that whole situation. Sit a lot. Uh, <laughs> Meditate. meditate, 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 meditate. This is a monastery. There's schedules sitting here every day, all day long. People and some people really, some people come in here and sit, whether scheduled sitting or not. They come in and they they sit for hours without any bells ringing or anything. So, and that's because they what they realize it's probably a good idea to do this. Sit a lot. You're welcome here anytime. You know, you know. Uh, from William Murray uh, in Grand Rapids, yes. he says or asks, um, "What is I'm tired of this person's attitude when being around someone? How does this relate to the senses?" 
it's too out of context for me. I'm tired of this person. It's just a complaint about someone. No. It sounds like it's an attitude of his that comes up. Of his or of somebody he's with or being tired of somebody's attitude is I would, I would say one thing is don't be around them unless they're a co-worker or something it might be difficult put cotton in your ears wear a brightly colored hat I mean you know I can being silly but I'm saying you can do all kinds of things for it and the very best thing you can do is find out how you experience what you think is out there because how you're experiencing anything is yours it's not, I mean, it looks like it's out there. It looks like the rain's out there, but the rain is raining in you right now. Your rain. If you close your eyes and go into sensory deprivation tank, there won't be any rain. So it's your rain. That's sarcasm. <laughs> any, any final questions? We're past. Uh, any questions about personality? Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our uh, morning chant books. Just like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. Also online, as we said earlier, thank you for your uh, continued financial support. We appreciate and depend on it. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with life. 